to not playing around anymore. <laughs> Welcome to Left Jess, the vanguard of laughs. I am your host, Alex Patak. Welcome back to my very empty and echoey apartment. I'm here with my co-host, Raghavmeta. Hello. I'm here. Good one. And then uh, we have a very special guest today, uh, just moving to New York. We're having her on a show right after this podcast ends. It's Kath Barbadoro. Welcome. Thank you for having me. How's it going? Uh, it's going good. It's real sweaty out today. Uh, it's, it's real mm. gross here. Um, but other than that, I'm doing good. Expand on that. <laughs> Is it grosser than Austin? Um, kind of because in Austin... Everywhere, it's like a law that you have to have AC everywhere, like because you would people would die otherwise. People would die. Yeah, so like <laughs> everywhere has central air, and people in Texas are not fucking around about it, and so it's like everywhere you go is like sixty-seven. Oh, just I like, like blasting. that. And everybody drives, so you just have your AC on in your car. Right uh, here, you have to fucking walk everywhere and you take gotta a sweaty walk train. everywhere. So, how, how does this affect the snakes situation? The snakes? <laughs> yeah. uh, well, they're very sleepy because it's so hot. So, well, snakes are cold blooded. So when they're the sun is out and it's very hot, doesn't that make them, you know, like super snakes? They they overheat. I don't think it's like they're cold blooded. So the hotter it gets, like the more power. I they assumed get. if <laughs> you put a snake like on the sun, it would just like get rockets. Alex <laughs> just likes to remind everyone he took AP biology. Yeah. <laughs> uh, oh, here I'm about to drop my hot snake knowledge today. <laughs> You're beginning the uh, the the middle of my burgeoning science career path. <laughs> <laughs> that is. Uh, well documented. You're gonna on our swindle people podcast. with your yeah. <laughs> yeah, I know, I know I a lot about this. I can see you medicine. like being like that guy at uh at the zoo who like brings the snake out for like the elementary school kids, mm-hmm. where they're like, see, it's friendly, and they like put the boa constrictor on uh some eleven year old yeah. shoulders. Not and even looking. Bite Alex <laughs> for the eight time that day. I well, don't know, just something to think about if you need a backup plan. We were just talking about how I I don't live here anymore and I really miss Bushwick because over by the train one time I went outside from the gym. The gym's right outside the train and there was a man <laughs> putting a uh, human-sized snake on strangers' shoulders. <laughs> And that's not an exhibit. That's just the sidewalk in New York. (laughs) (laughs) That, when I, I was just in Atlanta, I had to drive from Austin up here with all my stuff. And I stopped in Atlanta and I did a show. And before the show, there was a guy outside the comedy club and his car had a decal on it that said monkey doctor. And he was just out there standing in front of his car with a monkey on his shoulders. And people were coming up to him and, uh experiencing whatever that is what's the doctor part i don't i don't know (laughs) i like assumed he was gonna be on the show because (laughs) the doctor is so he can pick up rich monkeys (laughs) (laughs) yeah (laughs) 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 yo monkeys those can fuck you up though yeah remember the lady in connecticut who got her face ripped off they get their faces ripped off they always like go for like the parts of you that humans would never attack like they'll pull off your fingers or like scoop into your eyeball or Speak something for yourself if i get in a fight that's where i'm going oh okay no I so for the eyes as you could guess there are monkeys everywhere in india but last time i visited which was like nine years ago where we, in india uh well i usually go to new delhi and then we were going to agra and Jaipur, which is where the taj mahal is mm-hmm. and on Ooh. our way there Shout so out. we were like i was like do they have anything besides monkeys here and he's <laughs> like no there are bears too i'm like that sounds awful and there are these guys on the side of the road 
who uh, have these like bears they show off to people. Oh no! And they're hooked like up. a dancing bear. Yeah, yeah, but not really. Just like a struggling bear. <laughs> <laughs> and, um, this bear, what you lack in skills, you gain in sadness. <laughs> struggling bear. And uh, so we're on the. We're, we like gave him a couple rupees, and he didn't think he gave us enough, or he didn't think we gave him enough. And he like let the bear like intimidate us and what like growled at our car, and we're like, let's get out of here. And then he took his like cane and hit our car. Fuck yeah. And like, this is the safest city in the world. <laughs> There's a different like entire rule book for social interaction. <laughs> yeah, right. Don't make eye contact, and yeah, don't talk to anyone in India. Well, that at all. I I went to India in college. I was oh, in nice. I was in Madurai, which is like very far from where like southern. So I've never even heard of it. South of uh, south of Chennai. Okay. A couple hundred miles south of Chennai. And uh, there there was, uh, we like had classes in this, it was a study abroad program in college. We had classes in this building and they had a, a covered roof and that was like, like the only place, if you needed to smoke or whatever, like you had to go up there because you can't just like be smoking because your host family would find out and get mad or whatever. Mm-hmm. Oh no. So like it was like the hangout spot <laughs> and uh, a ca- there was a big tamarind tree next to it and occasionally monkeys would come. And, like, you couldn't leave food up there or whatever because monkeys would come. And uh, one time I went up there and um, I left my water bottle up there and a monkey was rubbing his dick on it. Oh, so, nice. No class. Yeah, yeah. So uh, I had to get one of the dudes who work at the school, who worked at the school to come up and, like, <laughs> battle this monkey with a martial <laughs> arts stick. And uh, Oh, that's amazing. Yeah, it was good. It was quite a sight. Uh, They're scary, dude. Like, even... The, the little, like, capuchin ones that people here have are, like, I feel like those you could probably take, but, like, yeah. the baboons things or whatever the fuck, no. like, they'd fuck Is you Is it up. legal to have a monkey here? I don't, I think you can have, like, a tiny one. You definitely can't have, like, a chimp. There's a guy in, the face yeah. there's that guy in Queens that had, like, a tiger in his apartment. Yeah. Jesus Christ. Yeah. Well, if there's a good Law & Order like, SVU episode about that. It's probably based Big boys on that. in it. Yeah, they probably wrote it the week <laughs> of. This is what rugged individualism is all about, is you're not allowed to have a tiger, but if you put in the elbow grease, you can have one. <laughs> <laughs> if you work hard enough. <laughs> yeah, if you monetize it, yeah. You know what's bad in India, though? What? Mass transit. And you know where wow. else mass transit is bad? New York, New York City. City. Wow. Segway, guys. Live from New York, we're falling apart. We're yeah. doing politics radio now, and monkeys <laughs> can stay home. <laughs> uh, no, our subway system is falling apart, and we thought that would be some juicy podcast talk. Literally, like <laughs> I feel like if you don't live here, like... You think that's overstating it, that it's falling apart. Chunks of concrete are falling out of the ceiling onto people. Like, it's falling apart. It's like you're living in Mortal Kombat a little bit. (laughs) (laughs) You just Uh, get the (laughs) cutscenes. Uh, but so, more fatalities. Yeah. <laughs> Sometimes uh, the A train will stop at the wrong place and you'll fall into a fan. There's <laughs> <laughs> like a giant spinning fan. Everyone's like, why is this here? <laughs> why is this here and why haven't we updated it since 1930? What the fuck? So you guys haven't lived here very long. Have you had any serious train inconveniences? Not really. I was actually, I feel like I'm not a good person for this podcast because I work from home, so I don't have to deal All with All right, we're going to edit that out. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. Well, I don't have to deal with, like, the rush hour commute that often. Sure. Um, but, like, I mean, I've definitely been in the situation of, like, 
I've tried to get on a train that was too crowded for me to get on, and I've had to wait at the station. Well, that's the great thing about it is that situation never really goes away. Like <laughs> just because uh, of the signal system they use, which is from before World War II, yeah. and uh, all of the antiquated machinery and stuff, just like. If you're on a bad Wednesday at 11 p.m., maybe it will be an hour before a train comes. Yeah. It uh, is like, I mean, it's definitely worse during rush hour, but you're never immune from it. Like, And it's um, it's incredible. Like, you know, I haven't lived here that long, but people who have, my roommate's been here for eight years, and she's like, oh, yeah, it's even like five years ago, it was like pretty much fine compared to how it is now. Like, it's a oh, rapidly wow. declining Sandy really, fonts. like put the nail in the coffin though yeah what, like, what changed after sandy what changed is water got in all the subway <laughs> and it like exploded <laughs> that's uh, why they have to close the l train in years because of sandy oh yeah that's right and erosion and whatnot the l train is the specific uh example of just everything getting fucked up since sandy has happened so if you don't live in new york what you need to understand is all the gentrification people talk about with all the hip new places the comedians and uh uh, artists and stuff moved to are all along the L train going into Brooklyn. And uh, the L train was the one who got just destroyed by Sandy, especially. And I remember a year after I moved into Brooklyn, they decided to work on it for like a month in the summer and they put everyone on a bus. Mm. And when you take people who think they're going on a train and put them on a bus, <laughs> it's just Lord of the Flies mm-hmm. now. I you saw a grown man shove a child <laughs> <laughs> off of a bus. Well, this is something interesting, too, that I, I wanted to talk about because I experienced it when I lived in Austin, too. So I lived in Austin for seven years, and for three and a half of those years, I did not have a car. And Austin is a, is a hard city to live in without a car because the of public the transportation snakes. is not... Uh-huh. The snakes. First of all, the snakes. <laughs> Uh, but it's like the, the public transportation is not very good. It's very slow. Um, but also like here and even like in Los Angeles, when I've been there, people, even people who would take a train won't take a bus. Like they, Mm. for some reason it's like the bus is somehow worse. It is below me. Yeah. Like it's. Yeah, it's a, it's a really weird class stigma that it's been ingrained deeply into people's Which minds. Which is weird because a lot of times the buses in New York are like nicer than a lot oh, of trains. Totally. They they're have fine. outlets and shit. Yeah. yeah, they're great. It's really strange to me. Like I, I just, especially like in Brooklyn, I was just talking to my roommate about this before I, I got here. Like especially in Brooklyn, there's a lot of places where the bus is going to be a lot more efficient for you to get somewhere. It's where like I where live you in, live. In Bed-Stuy, yeah, yeah. Like to get here, the bus is a lot, a lot quicker. But like... I get on the bus, and first of all, there's usually not very many people on it. Second of all, it's almost all, it's never white people. Like, I'm Mm -hmm. very often the only white person on the bus. And, like, I live in a mostly black neighborhood, but it's a lot more diverse than the bus. Like, (laughs) I see a lot more, like, white hipsters taking the train. And it's it's just very strange to me why that is somehow, like... I can't be That's above ground taking yeah. public transportation. And in because Austin, it was the same way. people see you taking the bus. Yeah, they can look in those windows. Yeah, I mean, that's literally, I think that's literally a line from, like, Boys in the Hood or something. And like, <laughs> I remember hearing that when I was younger. I'm like, yeah, that makes a lot of sense. <laughs> we need to look in the windows of a house called Society and oh. imagine a new feng shui. <laughs> Thanks for joining us. I've, uh, <laughs> I feel like I'm starting to feel the real brunt of uh, the MTA's uh, pitfalls and stuff just because of the, the weather nowadays. And, like, I moved here in the dead of winter. Yeah. So I was like, why aren't more people miserable about this? And then July hit. I'm like, oh, okay, because this is really what miserable New York is. Yeah, it's is. much worse. Yeah. And, uh, I mean, like, last night, just, like, 
certain train cars not having air conditioning like uh like we got into one and everyone just immediately went to the next one because like mm-hmm. yeah i'm not putting up with yeah, this yeah what shit. do you want to die it's yeah, like, right. yeah. literally 100 degrees that, outside. that's what i'm afraid of is getting stuck in a car mm-hmm. like there's that one video from like the j train that was on the way to bronx and P- there was like a pregnant woman who was having a panic attack because she was stuck in the train car and there was no ac or anything yeah, no, that, like, re- recently during some morning rush hour commute, like, a bunch of people got heat exhaustion, and yeah. it's interesting, I just I just finished this book called The Power Broker, which is about um, oh, Robert oh, Moses. What? Yeah. yeah, that's it. Yeah. It's, it's like the book Carroll you book. show people you've read. Yeah, oh, I was yeah. very Literal excited coffee to bring table it up. Book. Don't <laughs> get, I was like, we're talking about the MTA, I'm definitely going to slip in the fact that I read The Power Broker. <laughs> um, but I just, I just read it, and it's, so it's about this guy, Robert Moses, who's pretty much the guy who is... He built almost all of the transportation infrastructure in New York in terms of highways and things like that. He built a lot of public parks. Um, he was head of uh, the Triborough Bridge Commission for a really long time. Basically, he was like the guy for public works in New York for like 30 or 40 years, from like the 30s through the and the early 60s. And he was very anti-subway. Like he was very, all of his public works were about parkways and highways and just there in the book they talk about how like it when he came into power in the 30s new york had one of the most uh, advanced subway systems in the world when he left power in the 60s it had one of the worst and they talk about all the stuff that's now happening again of people getting heat exhaustion in the subway and like having to crawl out fucking manhole covers because like they're trapped down there and he makes the point in this book about how these are like a lot of these people are middle-class people commuting from Long Island, and they're people who would never, in any other aspect of their life, deign to, like, work in an unair-conditioned office or, like, be crammed into a room with 100 other people that is meant to hold 50. But they... Yeah. They're Roosevelt get, types. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Okay. But you get... You, they just... You become desensitized to it when you have to do it for hours and hours a day and so like people who first start commuting are outraged at how terrible the conditions are but then you just get to the point where you just are so demoralized by it oh yeah, a right. seat <laughs> it's <laughs> yeah, yeah, my yeah, day yeah. yeah it's it's wild and i really feel like um it's so like people talk about how people in New York are unfriendly or there's like not a good sense of community here. And I feel like probably part of that is the fact that we spend so much of our day in dehumanizing conditions with each other. That like probably has something to do right? with it. It just makes everyone cranky. Yeah, but also there is like a communal spirit that manifests through that. That's where true. It's like uh, and if there is somebody who is having a significantly worse day you will acknowledge that. Like that same month when they're all, all the trains were shutting down, there was a kid on his way to his graduation, his high school graduation. Yeah, he got stuck and he was like crying and he was going to miss it. And so they had a ceremony for him on the A train. What? (laughs) Yeah, yeah. And and they like sang a song and stuff. He was wearing his cap and gown. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then they all got drunk and pregnant. It is, and it's also, like, it's a common enemy. Like, yeah, right, everyone, yeah. you can unite with your fellow neighbor about how bad the MTA is. Yeah, it's great. Uh, so did uh, Robert Moses do anything? Did he specifically railroad them in any Wow, that's a fun use of that <laughs> word. Um, <laughs> uh, yeah, he, he was um, 
like basically so he was in head of the Triborough Bridge Agency which was in charge it's now the uh, New York Bridge and Tunnel Association or whatever like the people who who dealt with all of the the bridges and tunnels into and out of Manhattan um, and a lot of stuff on Long Island and all of those things collect tolls and he so he would set it up so that he would um, you know like he had people to invest in these projects and then he'd have to repay the bondholders but they were making such a huge profit because there's like every time they would build a new bridge or a new highway or whatever the goal was to alleviate traffic on another highway but what would happen is the the old highway would get just as much traffic and then the new highway would get just as much traffic it just <laughs> would cause more people to use cars if only there was some sort of underground system of tunnels <laughs> that could <laughs> alleviate the traffic on right. the highway <laughs> right like his solution to traffic problems was to build more roads and it just it never fucking worked but he got to do it for 30 years because he had maneuvered into this situation where he had all the power and no one could kind of depose him but they were getting all these tolls, and so they were turning a profit, and he, he made sure that all of those profits went toward building more highways and not toward other transportation huh. in New York. And so, like, while all of these bridges and tunnels were, were making all this money, none of it was going into subway infrastructure. So, uh, fuck that guy. So, it's a similar story to what happened in L.A. then, where yeah. you have... In this case, Robert Moses or the big four auto companies interceding to specifically make sure we can't have nice public infrastructure. Right. Because if you've been to L.A., it's just it's very hard to get places. Yeah. And talk mm -hmm. about uh, there being a huge class element of taking public transportation there. Oh, like, fuck. It's yes. crazy. It's like if, if you because when I visited, like I didn't have a car and I'd be like, oh, I took the bus here and people would like gasp at you. <laughs> like. <laughs> Like just Are shocked. you okay? Yeah. <laughs> they assume if you're taking it, you also live there. <laughs> it's like, yeah. Do I need to call somebody? Uh, the, and maybe they address that in the book. But one of these, one of the arguments I, I know Cuomo has kept bringing this up is how, oh well, it's just overcrowding, which seems like such a cop out. And it's like, well, yeah, your infrastructure is supposed to adapt. To right. population increases. Maybe don't be in charge of New York City if crowding is your issue. <laughs> yeah. Right, Jesus right. Christ. What a terrible excuse. It, that I've been thinking is... on this. Too many people. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like, no shit. Like, it... Uh, don't act like you couldn't foresee that New York City is crowded. Yeah, this is right. not an unprecedented problem. <laughs> that was always what they said in Austin, too, because Austin is has grown... It's, like, doubled in size in 15 years. And yeah. the... Basically, the city government, like, while this was all happening, was just like, maybe if we don't fix anything, people will move away. Like, oh, they just, God. like, they just didn't do anything. And now it's, like, too late because if you close a road to do a major improvement project on it, uh, the entire city goes apeshit and no one can get anywhere. Mm -hmm. So it's like, yeah, you have to, you have to foresee this problem ahead of time. And it doesn't seem like a very difficult problem to foresee it's the galaxy brain solution how do you fix a problem by not fixing it it will uh fix itself yeah yeah Much you can't see but i shrugged <laughs> uh yeah i also um uh so austin has ride share though right or ride yeah, austin that's so what it is. what happened was um about a year ago a little over a year ago the city was pressuring Uber and Lyft and other rideshare places to uh, ha do fingerprint background checks. 
And Uber and Lyft were very resistant to that and spent a lot of money uh, lobbying for against these rules and basically said, if you don't, if you make us do this, we'll leave. Like that was, they were like, we're not going to do it. We're going to get out of your city. Uh So um, that happened. And we, we voted in those laws. Like it passed that they need to do fingerprint background checks and they left. And uh, in its place, there, it was kind of interesting because it was like, for a while, it was just sort of chaos. Like, there was like this Facebook group that all of the old Uber and Lyft drivers would use where you would basically post in it and say, I need a ride from this place to this place. And then you would, they would respond with their phone number and you would just call them. Oh, no. Yes. <laughs> terrifying. <laughs> terrifying. I never. Might as that. well go to Craigslist. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I, I never used it because it freaked me out. But then, like, some more apps came in that were willing to use these uh to do these background checks and it ended up being fine and like most of them pay their drivers way better and like uh there was one that um donated like their whole thing was that it was like supporting nonprofits and stuff yeah, like that. Yeah, you could add that you could take from your fare and donate. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, so it ended up like working okay. I mean those apps weren't quite as efficient as Uber and Lyft, but they worked fine and um the problem, and I think the thing that made people really mad, is the main opposition to Uber and Lyft, uh, like, the, the people backing this fingerprint background check was the, um, the lobbyists for the taxi companies. And in Austin, the taxi companies are pretty shitty. Like, they're really expensive. They're really, they take forever. They, like, don't get to you. They're not enough of them. Um, and they're not even, like, unionized. It's just, like, uh, independent contractors. So it works, like, pretty much the same way as Uber and Lyft. So it's like, well, these people kind of suck, too. Like, we also uh-huh. don't really like them, and they've had a monopoly on this, and they've made transportation in the city really bad. So it was like, I feel like, uh, even though I was definitely, like, backing the, the background checks, I feel like there was, like, sort of, like, well, both sides of this kind of suck, and what we really need is public transportation. Yeah. But anyway, Uber and Lyft are back now. Yeah, so. that's what... Okay, so I was reading this. It's from a couple weeks ago. Ride, ride Austin's pilot program. So this is when they they had a program where they were offering uh, rides uh, to people for free to get to the doctor's office and whatnot, yeah. mm-hmm. uh, which is obviously very valuable. And so Ride Austin's pilot program is being paid for by a grant from Capital Metropolitan, uh, Metropolitan Transportation Authority. And the that's Dell, who runs all the public buses and stuff. Yeah. Dell Medical School at the University of Texas is also part of the partnership and will analyze data, collect on technological literacy, blah, 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 blah. So it doesn't make sense how New York doesn't adopt some sort of system like that because uh, the, the resources are clearly there. I don't know, man. It's the MTA has been so underfunded for so long. Like, sure. So I don't know if there are resources for that, but there it seems like that's a very pressing like. Clearly, there has to be at least triage, and like that would be a solution while we figure out how to unfuck the MTA. Is like okay, at least help poor people get to their fucking doctor's appointments. Like, yeah, right. You owe that. You owe us that much. And on time, at least, too. And yeah. they try to fund a lot of it through fare hikes, which kind of almost destroys the point of having the public transportation to begin with. I'm confused on the existence of the MTA. Is it a public? So I was reading about this, and the reason for the fare hikes is because the MTA is a state agency, but the vast majority of its funding comes from the city and not the state. Mm -hmm. So because fucking Cuomo and, like, all these upstate assholes won't fund it, and, like, because it is... 
because of the way like the districts are gerrymandered and everything, it's like you cannot fund it and get a lot of upstate votes and like because you're paying for their highways or whatever instead. Uh, that's why there's all the fare hikes is because it's not the funds are not being matched on a state or a federal level, even though it's a state agency, which is so dumb. And, and it's a good it's a political strategy for Cuomo where he can shift all the blame on de Blasio. Right. It's like, well, you're in charge, so there's nothing I can do. Yeah. What's stopping us from just making it a city system? Is it the fact that we contribute, like the city contributes so much of the state's budget and then that's redistributed throughout the entire state? I don't know. I think it's more like, I think it's more the opposite of like, it's a state agency because it serves people outside the city proper. Like it serves so many people who commute in that it like makes more sense for it to be a state agency. But I don't really, like we're I don't really know. We're benefiting from it being a state agency. Right, because they won't give us any fucking money. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, yeah, but th- these issues, even though these are specifically related to New York, are an issue throughout the entire country because we, uh, as a country, this is one of the biggest, like in terms of land-sized nations around, and you have to drive through the whole thing. And, uh, and when you run to issues of population growth or um, resource scarcity, like could become issues in the future with climate change, you need more efficient ways to uh, conduct business. It's, it's crazy to me that like uh, so much of this country is so car reliant. Like it's crazy that that works for as many people as well it's so fun and so stupid (laughs) (laughs) yeah like when you drive through the suburbs you're like this doesn't make any sense how much land that uh tire store has right now but (laughs) (laughs) here we are and i'm part of it that's been a really weird thing that i've had to get used to here not having a car no it's just not having space like it not even space like oh my apartment's small like physically like i'm a big person and i lived in Texas mm-hmm. where like just the scale of like you go into a restaurant mm-hmm. and like the table is a certain size and the chair is a certain size and like you're X amount of feet away from the nearest person and like all of that here that scale is like half <laughs> what it true. is yeah, right. in, in a different city and like Austin is by Texas standards pretty densely populated like Houston and Dallas are way more spread out and way more uh, car vehicle reliant than than Austin is but like just getting used to that change in scale has been like the first two weeks I was here I was fucking bumping into everything just like, having panic attacks it was just it's just uh, such a m- more compact way of living and like it was it's weird and it's a little bit hard to get used to but it also is like yeah this is way more efficient for everything. <laughs> like this is a much better like way. It's a much more like environmentally conscious way to live. It's a much more um, sustainable lifestyle. I feel. I think like. we're still the greenest city, baby. Really? Sweet baby. I think so. High five. We did it, man. <laughs> People here I'm walk waiting to be I, called I, out I, on this. I've been here for eight months and I achieved my one goal. <laughs> Yeah, you did it, dog. <laughs> that was what turned the tide. And people people always wonder why no one in New York has a cowboy hat. But you can't fit something that big the in these tiny boots. <laughs> you bump into everyone. It's just not practical, and that's why we don't have them. Yeah, that's you can't wear spurs here because like somebody's gonna get somebody's gonna get a, a shoe torn. Open yeah, if you're accident. like close to someone, that's like for the same reason you can't wear a backpack on the train. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. <laughs> 
which is unfortunately like I'm always wearing a backpack because in addition to being a dweeb, I'm a comedian who's also always bringing things on the subway. And uh, I've hit many props people. And in stuff? The f- what yeah, do you props. Mean? <laughs> I always have Wigs? like. Ah, oh, he's back pages. with the trombone. <laughs> <laughs> I think this has dropped off recently, but like I was clearing out this house. That's a you're sitting next to a wizard staff. <laughs> that is a good point. It's like a six foot tall wizard staff. There was this house is full of things like that. And that just, is one thing that uh, I sort of miss about living in a car culture is like uh, <laughs> every person I know who does sketch comedy has a trunk full of wigs at all times. Ah, you yeah. just always have like a, a garbage bag full of wigs in your car. You never know. You never know when you might need them. Mary Can't Houlihan has a backpack full of wigs, which <laughs> I admire. Uh, but no, in general, in, in uh, New York, if, you, if you're going to be the wacky props person, uh, you have to show everyone on the way there, <laughs> which is a different challenge. Again, why the subway is better than the bus. People yes. can't look in. Like, yeah. Oh, that guy's a... Ooh. A comedian. Someone's it's being not going well for because he's not in a <laughs> taxi. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that, he's just carrying cereal. That's weird. <laughs> There's going to be some fun at a dive bar later. Ooh. <laughs> God damn. Um, so I guess, what else did we want to talk about? We wanted to talk Bathroom about bill stuff. Oh, yeah. We, w- we figured since you were here and you've just moved from Texas, we just wanted to hear about the den- general goings on in Texas. And, and uh, is it bigger? Is it bigger? Sounds like I, it is. Yeah, I, I, yeah, yeah. It's bigger. Where are the ranges? <laughs> <laughs> Don't answer that. Oh. <laughs> uh, we were going through the, your wall. It, it looks like there was a, the bathroom bill yeah. everyone was worried about. Yeah, they passed week. the bathroom bill because the Texas ledge is made up of the worst ghouls in the world. You Just don't the worst say. Monsters. Well, Full they're famous. Monsters. Like, we know about, like, the general culture of Texas legislature here, and yeah. I've never been to Texas. Yeah, I mean, did you hear <laughs> yeah. about when the guy called ICE on the SB4 protesters? No. Did you hear about that? Yeah, so SB4, it's the Sanctuary Cities Bill in Texas, and um, a lot of people, uh, you know, would go and, and give testimony of, like, why this bill is is fucking stupid. Um, and so there are a bunch of uh, uh, immigrants p- uh, protesting it, and a lot of them had signs that were like, you know, I'm undocumented, like, fuck your bill or whatever. Uh. And uh, one of the people supporting SB4 called ICE on the protesters, oh, which is like the most fucking craven, disgusting thing. Can we talk about how embarrassed we're going to be as a country in just 20 years to have had an institution called ICE that rounds up families? <laughs> <laughs> it's it's awful down there, man. It's I mean, it's awful everywhere, but seeing that stuff firsthand is, is so disgusting and, and like... It, it's stomach-turning. It's absolutely stomach-turning. It's strange how, like, Texas basically, like, dominated mainstream politics because of the Bush era and stuff, and, yeah. and how that has kind you of... You know, that family from Connecticut. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Bush family. Has, uh, <laughs> has kind of bled into what we have now because, I mean, Dick Army funding that pack that basically led to the Tea Party, uh, the Tea Party, which you could say contributed to the rise of Trump and whatnot, uh, and, and so on. Yeah, right, right. Uh, <laughs> the end of America. But uh, so, did you? Were you in high school? Uh, I mean, during the Bush era, or I d- I'm not from Texas. Oh, okay. So I o- I lived in Austin for seven years. Didn't you oh, say okay. you were also from Connecticut? I'm from New Hampshire. Oh, New Hampshire. that's yeah. right. Oh, I almost got you. <laughs> but yeah, <laughs> my I name mean... is Laura Bush. <laughs> <laughs> uh, she does comedy now. I heard Jenna Bush. Jenna, Jenna Bush. Bush. Sorry, yeah, Jenna yeah, Bush. Yeah. Does we are, we now. have to talk about that. You got to get her on the on the cast, dude. 
Should Take I? her on a podcast. I'm afraid. <laughs> uh, I would rather have her on the podcast than a fucking comedy show. Oh, yeah. <laughs> you know this person you only know because her dad started the Iraq War? <laughs> and she just started comedy, so you know it's going to be cringeworthy? <laughs> yeah. Jesus Christ. But yeah, I did want to talk about the bathroom bill because... Uh, so my friend, Karina Magyar, who's a very funny comedian, uh, look her up, her, she's Karina Magyar on social, all social media stuff. Um, she's trans and lives in Austin. And when this bathroom bill was starting, she started, uh, keeping track of every time she used a public bathroom and what happened and like where she was and everything like that. And it's basically her point was like, people don't give a shit about this. Like even in Texas, even in Mm -hmm. like a very conservative state Austin is liberal but like she wasn't in Austin all the time and also Austin is really not that fucking liberal she just kept track of like you know she has two kids if she had to go in with one of them if she was you know like basically just like where was I uh why was I in there uh you know sparing too much detail um and then like did anyone talk to me and what happened and she kept track for like six months and submitted it to the Texas ledge of like look your constituents don't give a shit like I'm a trans woman who goes into women's bathrooms. No one gives a fuck. If anyone talks to me, they're nice. Like, it's rare. She said she's been, you know, she transitioned a couple years ago. She had one person say something to her when she was changing her daughter's diaper in a bathroom into Target. They, they went to management. Target was like, too bad. Like, yeah. we're on her side. We are the Target. You are not the Target. <laughs> we are Target. So, like, I guess no, I'm Target saying, employees talk. <laughs> <laughs> I guess I'm saying, like, even in a very conservative state, the Texas legislature is so beyond what people there even think. Even, like, the worst people there, like, mind their own fucking business and don't care about who goes into what well, bathroom. it's impractical and crazy because the on-the-ground realities of using a bathroom <laughs> with a trans person in it do not affect you at all. They yeah. go to the bathroom and they leave. It's, it's unenforceable. It's insane. It's, like, it's trying to score a theoretical point on something that like is the worst example of they're, like they're like striking out against creepos or whatever <laughs> which are just this imaginary person that exists only in the most paranoid conservative's mind where he has like a hook for a hand and like is gender fluid and lighter <laughs> fluid are the ways he communicates <laughs> it's like a it's not a real person yeah like i just feel like Every trans person I know, if they have any sort of, like, emotion going into a public bathroom, it's, I hope no one fucks with me. Like, they're not, like, no one is drawing attention to themselves. No one in general is drawing attention to themselves in a public bathroom because it's a place of shame that no one uh, wants to be, ever. If you're using a public bathroom, like you're not having the best day. Like, you're not you're not in there for a reason. I feel like the target of this bill is specifically Buffalo Bill from... <laughs> Silence like, of the Lambs. Silence of the Lambs. Silence yeah. of the Lambs. Like, how, ma- how many sexual predators have actually been trans? Yeah. Uh, I haven't heard of a single one, ever. Yeah, I can't think of I'm any. I'm sure there's, like, one at some point, <laughs> if we're just, like, getting them now. Like, what, what's yeah. the point of this? It's very strange, but it's sad. All this, I mean, besides the point that it's like a discriminatory, terrible bill that is going to affect hundreds of people through Texas, um, what are they not spending their effort 
discussing while all of the manpower goes into the bathroom bill. You know? Oh, well, you know, we have the <laughs> highest percentage of uninsured people in the country in Texas. Like, that could be something they could uh, be mm-hmm. thinking about. But Or no. as they're known in Texas, bandits. <laughs> <laughs> and also snakes. Yeah. <laughs> the snakes are not covered. It's the legal it's term for snakes. There is the, if you, if you get bit by a snake in Texas, that's, the government has to, uh, has to put you down. <laughs> <laughs> Take you out back and shoot you. Yeah. Yeah. Got to get these motherfucking snakes off the fucking these Texas plane. Yeah. Fucking planes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I never saw any snakes when I was there, but I did see a scorpion and that was not cool. Oh no. Yeah. There's a lot of those. Like near your home or just uh, like. Yeah. Like in my backyard. Oh, yikes. Yeah. Not cool. Was it a big one? It was not big. Those are worse. The yeah. small ones are worse. Exactly. <laughs> they're that's the poisonous another, ones. That's another uh, thing that happened when I was in India. Yeah, I was like in India. falling. Uh, I was like going to bed and I hear this like whack, whack, whack outside. And I go outside and I see my neighbor like wailing on this huge scorpion and I, with a shoe to like kill it. And I was like, where was that? And he was like, it was in the bathroom. And I was like, oh, no! my God. <laughs> <laughs> now I have to think about this all the time. Yeah. Fuck. Wait, who That's won? what you should be afraid of in a bathroom <laughs> is scorpions. Right. Can we get a bill banning yeah, scorpions scorpion from bill. our bathrooms, yeah, yeah. please? And it's just scorpion from Mortal Kombat. <laughs> <laughs> this yep. is discriminatory. <laughs> um, I was trying to use the urinal when a hook pierced my spine. <laughs> no, you get over here. <laughs> get over here to jail. Oh, yes. <laughs> oh, damn. I'm going to be thinking about trying to kill a scorpion with a shoe for the next however long this podcast is <laughs> every time you shut your eyes did she win did he win he How won he won he so killed it. so assuming you didn't work from home in texas did you i or, did not okay did you work alongside conservative leaning people often um and what were they worried about about in general yeah just, yeah i i didn't really work with very many conservative people because the jobs i had in texas were at the working in the university system which is like mostly chill liberals i was rainbow counselor (laughs) (laughs) yeah uh yeah like uh the person who like one of the people who worked in my office is now the head of the austin dsa so it's like chill like cool liberal people and then i worked in local television where everybody's like you know because media yeah, because yeah. yeah. So you know uh, what I mean to say is they were all Jewish. Um, mm-hmm. And yeah. now we're getting to what we really wanted. <laughs> <laughs> the Zog. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I don't know. I I I didn't really like s- interact with people on a political level who were conservative all that much, except for like when we would go demonstrate and there'd be like an insane counter protester. Yeah. yeah, but like other. What about that. like shows, like audiences? Um. Did you have to steer away from doing, like, politically tinged material? Not really. I feel like uh, people would be relatively polite about it. I mean, like, sometimes people would walk out or whatever, but, like, mm-hmm. I, I didn't get, like, aggressively heckled. Although, this was a really weird thing that happened after the af- right after Trump got elected. Um, I had a show the night of the inauguration. I'm sorry. Uh, it was... It was weird. Um, Why do people set those up? (laughs) (laughs) It was, so it was the show the night of the inauguration and uh, it was at the comedy club downtown and um, these people were, the comedy club downtown in Austin, like it's a lot of people who are barked in. So like if you're going to get, no, Cap City's uh, like up kind of more in the suburbs. This is like downtown, it's called the Velveeta Room. Okay. Uh, A lot, very, very. Like the cheese. um, Sounds fun. It's very fun. And it, 
it's often, if you're going to confront a conservative audience, that's where it's going to be because it's people from um, Amarillo and like places like that who are in town for the weekend and they're drinking on 6th Street and they wander into the comedy club. So uh, these people were being like drunk and rowdy and uh, one of them called the waitress a bitch and the wonderful bartender uh, showrunner there was like, okay, you need to leave. Like, mm-hmm. you call the waitress a bitch, like, goodbye. Yeah. Um, she's at work. Yeah, <laughs> she's at work. Not cool. There's a very nice, uh, good door guy there. He kicked them out. And uh, they were like, this is politically motivated. Oh. This is because we're Trump supporters. And that, like, oh, this is a fucking safe space. Like, all You this can't show. say anything in this right? PC like, culture. How <laughs> terrible is our president that people think that well, you can't call women bitches now? <laughs> like, that's a political issue now? And not just, like, bad manners? The like, thing is, indirectly, they're right. Because <laughs> yeah. that's what they were fighting for. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. That's what, it was just like, wow, like, you're, you're, you, you're, you want people, like, you support this, and you're the one making that connection. That, like, <laughs> these two things are related. Like, oh, man, it was wild. And, like, there have definitely been, there was, oh, there was one time at Cap City where, uh, during the open mic, I was hosting, and uh, a man called uh, his waitress the N-word. Oh, and no. Yeah. That's a bad thing, guys. <laughs> the only uh, N-word I say is no to that. <laughs> is no N-word. Um, <laughs> so he, he gets kicked out, and he is, as he is being kicked out, uh, starts, <laughs> he's like... This it was so good because he was trying to deny that he called her the n-word but while he was screaming that he didn't call her the n-word he said the n-word yeah. oh so it's like God. clearly you don't have a problem yelling this in a like public place so your firewall is disabled <laughs> yeah you need to get that back <laughs> so and I was like on stage while this was happening and then no. we just had to have the rest of the open mic oh. wow. it was uh, so that was wild I feel like that probably wouldn't happen here but there are racist oh, there people are everywhere like that, so yeah that doesn't sound even especially worse than here if you perform in a club in new york you get the staten island people you get the new jersey people who are all drunk and kind of looking for people who will just say the n-word on stage yeah the marketing in comedy <laughs> especially in clubs has just gone off the rails where it's like this is the one place where you can be racist and it's fun or whatever yeah and people come there specifically for that yeah and it's like at uh, times passively accepted by the community too it's aggressively marketed. Like yeah, that's, yeah. that's the cutting edge of roast battles. Yeah, yeah. Um, uh, as a mar- uh, from a marketing perspective, is like you're not allowed to say bitch normally, but now you have yeah. to. <laughs> well, yeah, yeah. Now it's uh, well, and you should probably cut this out, which I know is annoying, but Great. whatever. Uh, so, uh, <laughs> well, yesterday at the creek, uh, there's this Italian guy in his like 40s who just has a real chip on his shoulder and. Up there. I, I saw him at an open mic, and I feel like I know what bit you're gonna. Talk God, about. he's fucking insane. Anyway, but so he <laughs> he's just very went good up. At comedy, there. which is frustrating. But he yeah, is he's like, it's like one of those things where it's like you have the skill, but like I, you, you have nothing interesting evil? to say. Yeah, yeah. He has <laughs> like use your powers for evil. He has good yeah. presence. Yeah. Went up there. He's just like I uh, just wasn't having a hot set, and something came up, and he's just like, uh, "You're all faggots." And I hope you all die of AIDS. And then, like, a few people who I know are, like, good dudes, like, laughed and, like, ah. I'm like, what are you talking about? Well, that happening is so surreal in front of you that it's, like, upsetting. 
But I I just feel like I have to say this. My reaction is always to laugh whenever right. I see something really upsetting. Oh like yeah, that. I understand like, that. You're yeah, insane. Yeah. Like yeah. this, like this is so stupid. Like oh I, yeah, I love watching shit go down like that too. But I, yeah. but I know what you mean, and like it's weird. Um, you can leave this part in if you want. Uh, I might just bleep the names. Or something. <laughs> that might be okay. That's yeah. That's probably fine. Um, like. I, I feel like Austin had the comedy scene there had a we reached a critical mass of women where like enough people good enough for you yeah <laughs> it was good like there were enough women there who were in positions of power in the scene and like enough women doing it who were like really good that uh, a lot of stuff that I feel like would that flies in a scene that is more male dominated is like not accepted there and oh, that's like, great. yeah and it's not like a top down thing it's not like fuck you if you say it. it's like we don't find that funny no one's gonna book you it's pure you... representation right but you just don't like get i mean here especially it's very heavily male dominated and and i can sense it even in the sense of like it's not like people here are like assholes or anything but i can just tell like you like there's just more of like a macho feeling when I'm like at an open mic or something that like doesn't really happen in Austin because the the ratio is is different mm-hmm. and like it, it's it's not like a oh I have to watch what I say because there are women here or whatever it's just like it's the the market speaking it's the peer yeah, pressure right. of like oh uh you know like Avery Moore is here and she runs a show at the Valve and like she didn't laugh at that joke because she like doesn't yeah, think it's, it's funny. It's essentially bad business to do that. Exactly. It's like where people complain about it you know like we back in Minneapolis we had a guy who like would kind of troll us sometimes mm. and like my friend ran a show that they treated as a safe space and he went up and he told rape jokes and there's a whole thing and uh, he's like they're so stupid I'm like yeah man you knew that was going to happen. If yeah. I went to a show that was deemed like the dirty show and I told a bunch of puns you would make fun of me yeah rightfully so <laughs> read the room yeah. yeah but never blame the audience it's funny how that doesn't work both there's ways. one disability you can't have on stage and that's blindness to the audience <laughs> <laughs> you should teach classes yeah <laughs> i'm on my way uh should we wrap up here uh yeah i had more very similar stories but i don't think they'll really add anything um so we have to go over to our show Paid protest. We sure do. The street. Uh, this excited. one's happening now. Yeah. Uh, but you know, we'll have another one next month, and then we'll plug that one. Do you guys want to do real plugs instead of things going on? <laughs> uh, sure. Follow me on Twitter, ACLU official. I'll be at Caroline's on August fifteenth. It's India's Independence Day. Come out. Woo! Celebrate. Yeah. Damn. Down with Modi. I don't have anything (laughs) that cool going on. Um, Just keep listening to this podcast. Listen to my (laughs) other podcast. Find me on Twitter at Patak Jokes. And uh, follow Anders, too, who's on there somewhere. I think he's Love you, Anders. (laughs) God, we miss you and your uh, uh, segues. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Kath, do you have anything you want to plug? Um, Sure. If you like podcasts, which you probably do if you're listening to this, uh, I have a podcast with my friend Pat Sorois, who's a very funny comedian, um, called Lie, Cheat, and Steal. It's about uh, cons, frauds, grifters, uh, jerks, and uh, it's really fun. Um, check that out. And I'm on Twitter at Kath Barbadoro, B-A-R-B-A-D-O-R-O. Yeah. Yeah. Woo! Podcast for jerks. You got to check it out. <laughs> All right, guys. We're leaving. Good night. Uh, bless you and your business. Bye.